Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smokes Bowl Recap Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, a.k.a. Bullship One, joined by Mr. J.B. Brooks and Holt. How y'all doing? Good, Alex. How you doing? I'm doing all- a little bit earlier, but other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Too bad that Memphis basketball game was going on. Yeah, very, very important game um, to me. JB, did you watch the Memphis basketball game? Uh, just no, I did not. Just a little bit of bits and pieces. A little bits and pieces. Holt, were you playing Red Dead Redemption? Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. 2. There's a difference. Yeah. yeah, I got a little news for you, Holt. I ordered NBA 2K19 yesterday from GameStop. It's currently $30. So I 30? Yeah, $30 right now, marked down. So I bought that and got it shipped to me. So it should be coming in before you arrive with me next week so we can have some 2K battles. Nice. They don't have 2K20 yet, do they? That's not till next October. Okay. That's pretty good. Um, that'll be fun as always. Um, but there's a little bit of bowl action over the weekend, and I guess the whole week, ever since we last left you all. Um, biggest bowl game surprise. JV and SEC, I guess. You can go all outside the SEC if you want to, but I'm just sticking to the SEC here. Biggest surprise to me is just say one. Just one. The Mississippi State Iowa game. I was surprised by the lack of effort, maybe lack of coaching wise, by the entire Mississippi State offense as a whole. Uh, You could tell on the field they were absolutely more talented than the Iowa team. Iowa, you can just tell by watching them play, they're a lot more better coached than the Mississippi State team. And they came out there ready to play. And they made a few more plays than Mississippi State did. They capitalized on Mississippi State's mistakes. So I'm highly disappointed in this bowl game. I had a high confidence in them winning that game, and they let me down. Holt, is com back up? I'm sure it is. I haven't been over to check it out, but. Probably, I'm sure, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's going. Definitely a disappointing season. A little bit of sure. a traffic spike. Yeah. So we talked about this earlier that Mississippi State, or we 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 predicted um, independently, or I guess collectively, <laughs> eleven and one for Mississippi State uh, individually. I think we all said ten and two. They ended up having an eight and four season, and we're like, okay, well maybe they um, just couldn't figure it out. New their uh, new coach Fitzgerald wasn't like the typical quarterback that Moorhead likes, so maybe that's it. The defense has always been good. But then you get this bowl game playing, and it's Iowa, not anybody great, not world beaters by any means, and they struggled against Iowa. The defense did not struggle, um, even though they gave up like <laughs> 20 points. But um, it, was, it was, yeah. 20, 27 points and 20 off of turnovers. But let me tell you this, Alex. Like, even though I just mentioned that game, there was a lot of surprises with the SEC this bowl season. Like, I did not expect Auburn to blow out Purdue. We'll get to expect- it. I didn't expect Florida to blow up Michigan. I didn't expect South Carolina to get a goose egg against Virginia. I didn't expect A&M to blow out NC State in that fashion. I thought they went handedly, but not in that fashion. I also didn't expect a lot, a lot of us didn't expect Kentucky to be Penn State. They beat Penn State. And I, I don't think a lot of us expected Texas to beat Georgia. So it was a lot of <coughs> unexpected <coughs> games this bowl season, at least in the what SEC. Was, what was that? You said not many people expected Texas to beat Georgia? Not many, except for one in this country. Jamie, and, and the Texas fans. You definitely like to um, 
go ahead and just give spoilers through that was what now we don't even have to do a podcast because you just talked about the everything now i know but we still got to get to them but i'm just saying that those <laughs> this was a very surprising bowl season in the sec in my opinion we'll see you all after the national championship game and we'll recap that now all right peace um holt predicted correctly that michigan or not no he did correctly predict michigan was going to lose to florida and Texas is going to beat Georgia. Don't know how I predicted that, but I don't really care that you got it right. What I care more about is are you now even with JB to where you don't owe him anything? That's correct. It was a nice little double or nothing. Um, And now that it's back to nothing, uh, I can actually go visit him again because if I had to pay for two of his meals, I probably would have just avoided going to Memphis ever again. You probably had to stay with my parents or something. (laughs) <laughs> just, just text them <laughs> my house. They got an extra bedroom. I'm sure they won't mind. Yeah, you can stay up in the, the old uh, – all, where all the magic happened upstairs. Um, what, what magic? It's already thought about the magic. Yeah. <laughs> we, can all, we can all have dreams. The mag- have. There's all that magic with your right hand. Yeah, I guess, JB. I guess, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> so – uh, before we get to all the bowl games, let's talk about some coaching changes outside the SEC first. Um, did any of you see Dana Holgerson leaving West Virginia for Houston? This one kind of caught me off by surprise. I was actually at a New Year's gathering, and believe it or not, there was a West Virginia fan. He was the one who broke the news to me, and I was like, why, why would he go to Houston? Then I thought a little bit more about it, read up about it, and made a little bit of sense, but not too much to me. So I ask you, Holt, does this make sense to you, or did you see this one coming? Um, I would not say I saw it coming, but I think Holgerson definitely wanted some more money from West Virginia that they weren't really ready to commit to him, and Houston was. And, you know, he definitely – I don't I don't know if he – did he coach at Houston earlier in his career? I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think he has – Yeah, he did. Yeah, I knew, yeah, so he has a connection there, and apparently he really liked it there. And um, I just think it was kind of time was running out for him at West Virginia. You know, this was kind of their year to to break through, and you know, Will Greer's moving on, and all of that. So I think it's a good time for him to to move on. It kind of sucks that Will Greer didn't play in that bowl game against Syracuse because I think they probably would have won, or at least had a much better chance to win if Will Greer was there. But um, I'll ask you, JB. Um, Holgerson left West Virginia for Houston because uh, apparently West Virginia didn't want to pay him big dollars to stay or to extend his contract or whatever you want to call it, raise. He didn't have Jimmy Sexton as his agent, clearly. Um, if you're West Virginia, do you think he's actually worth that money or do you think he's not worth it and you get a better coach elsewhere? I absolutely think he's worth that money. Holgerson is one of the best offensive lines in the country. And you know, in the conference like the Big 12 where scoring matters, I mean, you're letting a big-time offensive line leave for a, you know, group of five school in Houston, and you just let them go to, without even trying to fight for it. Like, I don't know if West Virginia can make a hire any better than Holgerson, in my opinion. I actually – and I hope Holt disagrees with me because I want Holt to play a little devil's advocate here. You know, I'm looking at the uh, great old Wikipedia page of Dana Holgerson here, and his uh, records don't look very impressive to me. He had this this year; he was eight and four. Um, he probably would have been nine and three. I think a, a game against NC State this year got canceled, so he could have been nine and three. But that was a team that was what preseason top fifteen, JB. 
Um, and they were to, like tenth in the preseason, I yeah, think. Yeah. So preseason ten, and they go eight and four, eight and three. They could have gone nine and three. Had two more years, West Virginia, where he went ten and three. Uh, his first year in two thousand eleven is uh, whatever that sixth or seventh year, uh, sixth year in two thousand sixteen. He went ten and three. Um, then there's a bunch of seven and six, eight and five uh, years, and he's only won two bowl games out of let's see. Three, four, five, six, seven. Two bowl game wins out of seven. So I just don't think he's that great of a coach. I'm not saying that West Virginia can replace him right now with a better coach, but um, I just don't think he's worth $4 million a year that Houston, I think, is paying him. So, Hope, can you agree with me on that, or do you agree with JB? Uh, I mean, I think it's a, a good hire, like, for Houston. I don't know if he's necessarily worth, like, all that money. But the, the thing about at Houston is, you know, I mean, they expect to go 11-1, and 12-0 and every year. You know what I mean? They're kind of like – that's kind of what they expect there. And they expect to dominate the group of five and be in the discussion for, uh, you know, New Year's Day six every year. So uh, the expectations are kind of sky high, and they're going to be really tough to meet. To to be fair, um, going twelve and zero is definitely hard. But Houston does seem like they have a upper hand among the group of five schools with their location, and I guess just location. But I think they also do invest a lot in their – Yeah, they do. they do. They do, and they they obviously want to get. I mean, they want to get in a power five. They want to get. I, I would think in the Big Twelve. But yeah, yeah. Houston yeah. Houston's one of those schools. Like eventually, when the Big Twelve has to expand. Uh, Houston will definitely be one of the first schools that gets mentioned and will get it added into the Big 12 when that happens. Yeah, and I think this is like a really big time like right now because expansion is going to come like at some point in the next like 10, 15 years. So you want to be – you know, this you don't want to be one of the teams left out. And when that when the next round comes through, they want to get into the, you know, the Power 5 or whatever. They're going to have to, you know, continue what they've been doing the last, you know – at least before Major Apple got there, but kind of continue like the Tom Herman type run that they were on. Yeah, Major Applewhite actually. That, that was just a sad story altogether because he started off great this year. I think he beat um, Arizona pretty easily, which isn't saying too much now. You look look back at it, but they were supposed to be a lot better with Ed Oliver too, and um, a good quarterback. I don't even know the quarterback's name honestly, but he got hurt. The um, Eric, the Eric King. Okay, thank you. And they were supposed to be a lot better than they ended up finishing. They just finished so bad, and they got blown out by Army. It was just bad. And Memphis before that, so it was just a really bad finish. And um, I guess Major Alba lost the team, which is why he lost his job. But we shall move on like Houston did from him. Two, Ole Miss, who's now hired Rich Rodriguez as offensive coordinator and Coach Mack. Coach Mack? Yeah. Entire. Coach Mack. Mac entire, not McElwain. I had to get that one straight in my brain for a second. Um, so, JB, is this going to be the new CEO of head coaching with Matt Luke, uh, hiring two former head coaches that are probably better coaches than him? I mean, this is very uh, awesome for Ole Miss. Like, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you got to be in, in ecstatic with these hires he's made. I mean, he's he's got a superstar staff with those coordinators. I mean, Mac McIntyre is not a bad coach at all. He got a raw deal at Colorado, and he's going to find himself in another – Big time coaching position in a couple of years. I mean, I, he's going to be awesome. And you mean you, know, you got Rich Rodriguez? I mean, he's had some success in the past. 
he's going to really help Matt Luke with that offense, at least try to get the most out of this offense that he can. I mean, if you're an Ole Miss fan, I mean, yeah, I know none of them like Matt Luke, but at least it gives them something to build on and look forward to next year with those two coordinators that he hired. Like, it definitely shows Matt Luke is committed and swinging for the fences because he knows his ass is on the hot seat next year. I, um, I'm not too high on McIntyre. Um, also think that it's really hard to win at Colorado, which we probably will see with Mel Tucker. I don't think he's going to do great at Colorado just because it's, it's hard to win there. Um, and it's just, I don't think, I don't think he'll be there forever. Uh, maybe he'll, um, be a defensive coordinator somewhere else, but Holt, um, we get back to you, Holt as a state fan, are you shitting bricks because these two great hires are you saying like, Hey, it's still Ole Miss with Matt Luke leading them. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Rich Rodriguez is a good offensive coordinator hire. I just don't know if they have the personnel to really fit what he wants to do. I mean, they're going from an air raid, basically offense, to now going to be more of like a zone read running type offense. I just don't really know how it's going to work with that personnel. I don't know if Matt Corral really fits what they want to do. Um, You know, I I, I just don't really – I'm just more not sure how it's going to work. And I think Ole Miss is going to struggle next year, no matter who they hire to be their offense coordinator. But um, it'll just be interesting to see if Matt Luke is there long enough for Richard Rodriguez to get the offense going, because I think he can if he's given enough time to bring his personnel in. Um, why Why even hire a big-time offensive coordinator? Their offense was not struggling at all last year. I mean, they had weapons, well, I guess, but still. They lost all their weapons, Alex. Like, well, I understand that. But, like, I mean, dang, like Matt Luke's still a good offensive coordinator, I would think. Or am I dumb on this? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, obviously they lost Phil Longo. You want to try to bring someone in, and I know that uh, Matt Luke has been wanting to get more of the running game going, and they did that a little bit this year with Scotty Phillips. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll end up being a great hire. I don't know. I, I do think Richard Rodriguez is a gifted offensive mind. I just don't know if he's going to have the personnel, like I said, to win before Matt Luke gets fired, which I think probably happens next year. But that's just me guessing. No SEC coaches were fired this year, which is kind of relieving and surprising, uh, given that there was like what five new coaches last year. It was a crazy year last year. Uh, yeah, but no, no coaches were fired this year. Regressing back to the cool. mean. What was that, JB? It just it's all law of averages, you know. Regressing back to the mean. You had five last year, so you cannot have any this year because usually most years you have like maybe two or three changes. But last year we got our fair share. JB, I find that very funny that you're trying to like use some statistics here. I knew you're about. I knew you're about to. Uh, I knew you're about to try to call me out, Alex. JB, I want you to. You, you tell everybody who you're too you're predictable, about. Alex. You're way too predictable here. Yeah, and it's highly probable what you're going to say, Alex. Very, uh, very predictable. Very probable. Um, I just, yeah. I mean, Debbie, you're you're not you're not the. I mean, we all have our gifts and our weaknesses, and I'm just saying, math isn't your your strong suit. But hey, like it's it's okay. It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. But anyway, we're not here to. Yeah, you're always gonna try to take a cheap shot at me anytime I try to bring any kind of statistic or any kind of math into any equation I bring on this podcast. Debbie, you are the most passive aggressive person I know in the world. So you can you can shut the hell up with your cheap shots. You take the biggest cheap shots in the world, and I can. Confirm that with a number of people. Okay, uh, let's hear one. <laughs> I'm not, not going to quote it right now, but I'm saying it happens. It happens. But anyway, let's move on, JB, from our personal differences. Uh, <laughs> no coaches were fired, as JB said, this year because the law of averages is holding up because um, there were a lot of coaches fired last year. Which leads to my next point. Next year, coaches are going to start on the hot seat. 
biggest coach on the hot seat, maybe who? Holt. 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 Javon, I wish I had. I wish we were like, what was it? Um, part of the eruption where I can just like press. Not part of the eruption. Was that around the horn where I can press the mute? Where button. you can just push the mute button on me. Well, yeah. sorry, you're not Tony Rally here. This is reality, Alex, and you're not Tony Rally. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna surprise you guys and actually go with Will Muschamp. Ooh, I think they had a fun. they had a really disappointing year this year, um, and it's gonna be what his fourth year coming up. And I'm just not really. I just don't really think the South Carolina fans are behind him anymore. I think they got, you know, they got blown out in the bowl game. Jake Bentley is going to be a senior next year. If they don't have a big year next year, I could definitely see uh, Will Muschamp getting, uh, getting lost again or being told to get lost. I should say. <laughs> I mean, he'll definitely find his footing somewhere on the defensive side in the SEC or wherever he wants to go. Um, JV, since uh, I gave Holt that question, I'll go ahead and let you, name all the coaches that are going to be on the hot seat in order, um, I guess, behind Will Muschamp because Holt said he's number one. Yeah, I'm going to have to put uh, – well, obviously, Muschamp's going to be on there. I'm going to put Matt Luke on there and Gus Mouse on. Uh, coaches that could feel a little heat by the end of the season, uh, one of them could be Derek Mason if they have a really bad year next year because uh, they're losing 23, 24 seniors off this team, I think. And a lot of them contributed. Another one could be Chad Morris if they don't show improvements. Uh, Joe Warhead at Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah, you're not. I mean, these are guys look, I'm saying could feel the heat. I'm yeah. not saying they're on the hot seat right now, but if they don't show some improvement, they could start feeling some heat at the end of next season. I definitely agree with you with Matt Luke and Gus Mazan. Um, I don't think any. It's really hard to get fired in year two. I, I would just say it that. is, but but I, what I'm, my point is that. You don't see many coaches get fired in year two. It has happened. But what I'm saying is those coaches could be feeling the heat at the end of next season if they don't show any improvement. And that's always been usually the case with a lot of coaches in, in the past. Right. You, you actually didn't let me finish my butt. I was going to say it, it's unusual for coaches to – it's hard to get uh, fired in year two. But Joe Moorhead is going to be on the hot seat probably to start the year. I'm not saying he's going to get fired, but I'm just saying he's going to feel the pressure – Jim Moorhead, and maybe even Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt is having – like the year he had was probably what everybody expected. Maybe they could have got six wins, but, I mean, if they don't show improvement, it's not going to be pretty for the end of the year and definitely year three to start. Yeah, Pruitt's probably in the mid-tier for me, you know, in the SEC as far as like he's not on the hot seat, but he's not safe either. He's kind of just more on the neutral side. Yeah, but – we shall see. Maybe, do you think that you think that he'll have his offense coordinator by then? We shall see. I think he'll have it at least by Labor Day weekend. Who? I mean, who? Who are the list of candidates? Is this going to be as public as the head coaching uh, search? It hasn't been. It hasn't been public at all. I mean, yeah, there were some times, you know, about what almost a month ago or over a month ago when Hugh Freeze was a candidate, but we haven't really seen any reports on it. I mean, I think Pruitt's kind of just kept this thing under wraps and kept it quiet. He's been focused mainly on recruiting. I mean, he even made that statement, and off as a coordinator hire, it's not the most important thing to him at the moment. It was recruiting and bringing talent into his into his program. But, I mean, he'll have somebody. I mean, I think he'll hire, he'll hire somebody that's going to be a good fit for him. I don't think he's going to give a crap what the uh, fans think and what the national media's perception is. He's just going to bring in what he thinks is going to be best for his team. Yeah, we'll see. I actually would have liked if they got Rich Rodriguez. That'd been good. They could have they could have got him from Ole Miss before. Yeah, I just don't him. think he wants to run that kind of system. I think he's really looking for someone that's gonna 
run more of a pro style, but has a little bit of, you know, spread element in it or, you know, spread and air rate elements in it, but he wants to go mainly pro style. We shall see. I'm kind of waiting for that Woj bomb, uh, football version of Woj bomb drop to see who they hire for Austin coordinator. Um, moving on. So we, there's a lot of bowl games that we will for sure talk about. Um, but I kind of want to talk about this national championship game coming up first, just to make sure we get it out and going here. Um, hold are you tired of watching Alabama Clemson for like the fourth time in four years or five years, whatever it is? Um, honestly, no. Um, the last year was really boring, but the first uh, two matchups were really, really good games. Um, I hope this one is the same. I just, you know, this college football season, I, I hate to say it, um, it seems kind of like blasphemy. And I may have said this on podcast four, I'm not sure, but this season has been kind of boring. Uh, it's been kind of like, t- it's been kind of chalky. There hasn't been any like huge upsets or haven't been any like real surprise teams, like as far as like, you know, the playoff goes and it's just been kind of t- as scripted so far. And I just would really like to see a really good kind of crazy, stupid game that comes down to the wire. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I think the, the ticket prices are showing that people are, and I think the TV ratings are showing that people are kind of tired of watching Alabama Clemson again, but I think the real football fans like the, like more of the hardcore college football fans are actually pretty excited about this game because these are the two best teams in the country and they haven't really looked bad all year, um, especially Alabama. Um, Clemson, I think, might have had one close game where Trevor Lawrence went down and had to go up to their – was really the third-string backup quarterback because it was right after um, Kelly Bryant transferred, so they don't have anybody. I, think, I forgot who that was, maybe Syracuse or somebody. Yeah. And um, it was close. But uh, they're, they're clearly a lot better than everybody else. Both teams are. And I just think it will be – exciting to watch because I think, you know, the line, I don't know what the line is, but I mean, I'm sure it's going to be favoring Alabama and everybody's just going to yeah, think Alabama's Six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody thinks Alabama's just going to run away with this because that's how they have handled this all year. But I'm, I might be in the fewer, um, the minority here, but I think Clemson can actually win this game, which I did say at the beginning of the year. I will uh, toot my horn here. <laughs> um, yeah. Way think- to go out on the limb there, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, let's see. Let's, let's uh, revisit our uh, picks here. I picked, if I can remember correctly, I picked, Auburn, which is not not great. Auburn, um, Clemson, and maybe Ohio State, and I don't know who the fourth team would be. I think I picked two teams from the SEC. I think I picked Auburn and Alabama, I, which wouldn't make sense at all, but it could happen, I guess. But um, yeah, I had Alabama, Clemson, Penn State, and uh, Stanford, and I had Penn State winning the whole thing. Yeah, JB did have Michigan. I remember that. That's that was the one thing. Which actually, that didn't look like too bad of a pick. I think Michigan has a lot more potential than they play. I mean, they were in the contention up until the last week of the season. But I think we all had Alabama, Clemson. That was too obvious. Uh, I remember talking in the preseason about that Michigan Notre Dame game could be a game that could decide one of them being in the playoff later in the year, and that came to fruition. Yeah, but um, it will be. An exciting game, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's um, just uh, Trevor Lawrence being like a true freshman. You know, I, that does concern me just a little bit going up against the Nick Saban defense. But I mean, that dude is special. Like, I mean, when he, when he throws a pass, like you can just tell like he's different. You know what I mean? Like he's just got so much velocity, and like he just I don't know. He's just a big time player. You can oh, just yeah, see he- it. He's the number one pick in the NFL draft in a couple of years when he comes out after his junior season. Like, he is a special 
once in a decade type talent. Yeah, the um, the athletic listed like the top twenty five draft prospects from this national championship game. I guess they were doing juniors and seniors only because they didn't have Trevor Lawrence number one. They had um, Williams from Alabama as number one. I forgot who else was who, who else is up there. They had uh, they had like Mac Wilson at five, which I thought that was kind of low, but. Um, had him there, but Trevor yeah. Lawrence wasn't. Yeah, there. I mean, to me, Trevor Lawrence will be the biggest quarterback prospect coming into the draft since Andrew Luck about almost ten years ago. Yeah, um, which Andrew Luck did slice up the Titans of the night, so I'm kind of mad about that still. But um, good game. What are we going to be seeing in this game, JB? Oh, you're going to see lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. God dang, JB. You always have to stop me, Alex. Let me finish. You're going to see lots and lots and lots of good line play on both sides of the ball. This is what I'm anxious to watch. Even without Dexter Lawrence? Even without Dexter Lawrence. Like, I just love watching good football in the trenches, and these are arguably the two best teams in the country in the trenches, and I can't not wait to see it. The only other team I would put up close to Clemson would be Georgia. But, I mean, I, I just love – I love watching these two teams on the offensive line and defensive line. And I think, obviously, the winner the winner of those – in those two matchups is going to be the winner of this game. And that's, that was, it's going to be exciting. That was the incorrect answer. Who's the, who's the second best defensive line? Holt. Defensive line? Yeah. Uh, Clemson is the second best. Oh, who's the first? Excuse me. Mississippi State, duh. Ah, uh, yeah. See? That, I, I knew I was – even I was rating them too low. My bad. Um, who's the best running back in this game, Holt? I mean, I think it's got to be Travis Etienne, doesn't it? I mean, that dude it's has Etienne. been – Etienne. I mean, he's been a monster all season. To me, it's he, about – He doesn't get talked about nearly as much as he should, but he's that dude's a monster. The better question, Alex, would be who has the better running back duo? Is it Etienne and Feaster at Clemson, or is it Najee Harris and Damian Harris – with Alabama and Jacobs. All right. Yeah. Technically a trio. I'll, Technically I'll, a trio. Say, Technically a trio, not a duo. But who would, which group of backs would you rather have? I'm not I'll saying all y'all, because I think Josh Jacobs is the best player. I like Josh I, Jacobs a lot. I know he doesn't have, like, the stats that – and I'm not – as it Etienne, how do you say it? Uh, JP? E- E-T-N. E- E-T-N. Like, he doesn't have the numbers that he has, the Clemson running back has. Right. But and then you he, got two awesome quarterbacks. Good. You know, like, you got two awesome quarterbacks with Tua – and Trevor Lawrence, and then each team has a trio of weapons that you can always rely on. Of course, with Clemson, you've got Amari Rogers, T. Higgins, and the ten year or the thirty five year old Hunter Renfro. And then you've yeah. also got on Alabama side, you got Jerry Ju- Jerry Judy, uh, Henry Ruggs, and Waddle. So I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. J- no, no, Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddle. Fuck. <laughs> JB, I mean, hey, we get we get names wrong all the time. Like, I can't. I know. I'm getting names get wrong, like Vern. But like I'm saying, like there is so many weapons for both of these teams and both of these offenses. Like, it's it's incredible the kind of talent that these two schools pull in. Alabama isn't this this Alabama's team isn't known as much for their defense as their offense. Historically, they're more of a defensive team. Do you think they can actually put up some resistance against Clemson's high powered offense? Holt. Uh, I think Clemson's offense uh, is kind of the wild card in this game um, because I think Alabama's definitely going to put up some points in this game. But if Clemson and Trevor Lawrence would have a big game and kind of keep up with them a little bit, then, you know, 
that's how I think they're going to need to win the game. Um, Clemson secondary played pretty well against Notre Dame, which kind of surprised me. I thought Notre Dame was had some more success offensively than they did. But uh, as we've seen a few times this year, that Clemson secondary is very suspect. So I do think that Alabama is going to be able to put up a decent amount of points in this game. So it's going to come down to, you know, whether or not Clemson can kind of hold them down and minimize the damage. And if Clemson's offense is able to put up some points of their own. I'm going to say, I'll ask you, JB, who the dark horse is, but I'm going to say the dark horse in my mind is going to be Najee Harris. Because if you remember, year championship game he had a kind of a breakout game i don't know if he had 100 yards but he had like six six or seven big carries that um got some momentum for alabama and i, I just think he um is somebody it's like it's hard to prepare for all three running backs for alabama and i think he's he's just a big dude that could run over people even clemson i think yeah i mean i agree i mean like holt said like i but clemson secondary is definitely a little suspect but the biggest thing for this game to me is you know, like, like you said, Alabama's going to score the points. Clemson's really going to have to be able to stop the Alabama run, too, even without Dexter Lawrence. Like, if Alabama gets the running game going, I feel like this is over for Clemson. Like, Alabama's defensive line has to hold serve against Alabama's offensive line. JB, would you be surprised if Alabama went up 21 nothing in the first quarter against Clemson? Nothing would surprise me from this Alabama team. I, I'm actually thinking this is actually going to be a pretty close game all four quarters. It's going to be – it's going to be – Mirror image almost of the Georgia game, except Alabama's not going to be the one trying to come back. It'll be Clemson trying to come back. Whether or not they prevail, we'll see. Oh, how mad would you be if Alabama went up 20 nothing in the first quarter? Um, I'd be – I don't know if mad's the right word, but maybe just a little bit disappointed um, just because I just want to see a good game, honestly. I mean, it would be great for, you know, I guess the SEC to win another championship. I don't really think – you know, I think at this point the SEC really doesn't have to prove anything. Um you know, they pretty much – they do it year after year after year. And I'm just not – you know, I'm not going to sit here and pull for Alabama just because they're in the SEC. Uh, but that being said, I just I just really want to see a good game, to be entirely honest. I was highly disappointed by both semifinal games. Both of them weren't close. The Oklahoma-Alabama game got a little bit closer in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, going up – what was it, 28 to nothing, I think yeah. it was? It's just like, man, like, I when are we gonna get a good game out of this? It's, it is. I mean, I, I'm kind of like JB in that I do like watching dominant teams dominate uh, like that, but at the same time, I do kind of want to see a good game, and um, it's like we haven't really seen it too much. We saw that SEC championship game was a really good game, but other than that, it's just hadn't been really great games from Alabama. So. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of. You know, I, I did expect the Notre Dame-Clemson game to be a little bit closer just because of, like I said, the secondary for Clemson. I thought that Notre Dame was going to be able to take advantage of a little bit more, but Brian Kelly was really conservative and didn't really take too many shots, and they were running the ball on, like, third down and long. Like, it's just – I don't know. I just don't understand what is up with Notre Dame, like, at all. And I'm actually really upset that they made it now because of the way they played. But, uh, you know, and then the Alabama-Clemson game, you know, you have to give Oklahoma – or the Alabama-Oklahoma game, excuse me. You have to give Oklahoma a little bit of credit for slowing down the running game just a little bit and not just letting Alabama run it down their throat the whole game. But, uh, you know, we, I think Kyler Murray showed that he's a big-time player and it was really fun to watch. Um, it's just unfortunate that, you know, they waited until the 
into the first half before they finally started doing anything on offense. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not easy. It's not easy to uh, figure out Alabama's defense or to score on Alabama. No. If, if Oklahoma had any shot in that game, they had to come out fast. Because That's once... what I was thinking. If they scored that first touchdown, if they scored a first touchdown before Alabama, then they're like, oh, okay, we have a win. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, because that's exactly it. Because once Alabama got ahead, like, it was like, yeah, Oklahoma may start scoring, but they're not going to stop Alabama. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. it's like the their game be- was over. Yeah, their best chance, like you said, was get the first touchdown and then, find, you know, maybe get a lucky turnover on the Alabama's first possession to go at 14 nothing. Like, that would have been Oklahoma's best chance in this game. Yeah. Let's uh let's switch over to some of the other bowl games. Uh JB, were you more excited to see um Florida beat Michigan or you uh LSU beat UCF? I was more excited to see LSU beat UCF cuz I, I even though I did pick UCF in this one, I just was questioning whether or not LSU how motivated they would be. They proved me wrong in this one like you could tell that they like, were excited to play this game. I think the LSU football team, along with a lot of people in the, re- in the rest of the SEC and even the rest of the country, were tired of UCF and all their trash talking. And when they rolled through their soft schedule, beating everybody that they play, so they just think that automatically that they're entitled to being special. And LSU was able to put them in their place. I mean, the score doesn't really show how dominant LSU was in this game. Like, they completely outgained them by over 200 yards, and they also controlled the time of possession. UCF really wasn't in this game, even though the scoreboard might show it that if they were. Don't act like you weren't nervous for the first quarter when they went up like fourteen to three. Uh, I was a little bit because you know I did pick UCF, but when you look at the stat line, you know at the end of the game, like LSU was in control. They were really in control. But yeah, that that was a pick six. I thought, and UCF was in the right place at the right time on that. But that was really the last bit of momentum that UCF had the rest of the game. After that, LSU was in complete control. It's just kind of a shame too that there were so many players out for this game. Obviously. <laughs> Mackenzie yeah. Milton for UCF, and then LSU's like entire secondary was out, and they had a, I think they had a backup receiver playing corner, at some point. Like it was just, you know, I don't, it, I just wish I could have seen these two teams play at full strength. I think LSU still would have won pretty easily, but it still would have been fun to see. And uh, also want to give Joe Burrow a lot of credit because we called him the most overrated player, and then he came out and had a huge game in the Fiesta Bowl. So well, that's, props to that's him. Going to point out was UCF's defense made Joe Burrow look like Peyton Manning, and I don't know if that's Joe Burrow like stepping up and actually playing a good game or what. He didn't start off great with that pick six, but after that, after that I thought six, that was just as much on the receiver as it was on him. I don't know if y'all if y'all saw that play, but it looked like the receiver kind of just gave up on it. And he, I was well, like, the, the receiver, yeah, the receiver did fall down and like let it let it the defender catch it. But um, you listen to the commentator, the commentator's like, "Why would you throw it there? Like this is." He threw it inside, outside route, and I was like, uh, I, I see like NFL quarterback all the time. It's not a big deal. So, I don't, I don't think that it was necessarily a bad throw or bad decision. I mean, he could have thrown a little bit more outside, I guess, but um, the receiver did fall down and like just kind of let the defender catch it without too much of a fight. So um, it wasn't that bad of a decision. Um, it was. I mean, you know, we we get into all these talks about. Um, about uh, what's what's called uh, not not roughing the passer, but targeting. But that was a that, I did enjoy watching that Joe Burrow hit. Um, that I guess is supposed to be illegal, or it was a legal hit, correct? But it was just a big hit, so everybody got all worked up over it. 
Yeah, well, I think it was that, and then he said something to him after you know after he got up. I think that upset a lot of people. Yeah, but LSU yeah. finished. LSU finished the year really well. Uh, won this game. This is a big one for them. Ten and three uh, for Coach O. Coach, uh, Coach O team to go ten and three um, was something we none of us really expected on this podcast. Um, outside no. the country, not too surprising, but I mean, he deserves another year. Um, at LSU, or least, like at least not to be in the hot seat, like we're trying to put them on the hot seat. So, um, a good good year for them. I, the only thing about LSU is they just don't. I mean, like this game, they they did control the game, the the clock, the the line of scrimmage, but they just don't like. To me, they just don't dominate teams like I wish they would. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt too. Like it, it felt like that LSU should have won this game, like you know, forty five to seventeen or something. Instead of three to thirty-two or whatever it was, I think it's just because like they can't finish off a lot of drives. They kick a lot of field goals. Like that, it's, I think Cole Tracy has like the most points in LSU history. Um, yeah, because they don't finish off drives, they just kick field goals, and it kind of just makes me mad that they don't score touchdowns because they they could be a lot better. Right. No, I agree with that. But no longer undefeated UCF. So, um, like. Holt said on Twitter, I'm assuming that was Holt, the LSU is now the new national champions. Hooray for LSU. Other games, uh, biggest surprise was probably Florida-Michigan, I think. Or if you go to the negative way, go Georgia-Texas. Um, Florida-Michigan. Holt, tell me, why did you pick Florida, and why did Florida come through for you? Um, I mean, it was just me trying to guess the motivation in this game. I just think Dan Mullen in his first year um, – you know, really needs that big signature win to kind of, you know, get the momentum going and get the fan base on his side and, you know, all of that. So uh, I, I just think he was – this was a really important game for him. It was a really big game for the players who didn't even go to a bowl game last year. And, uh, you know, for Michigan, they just got blown off the field by Ohio State and they thought they were going to have a chance to win the Big Ten and go to the playoff. And now they're playing – Mich- you know, they're playing Florida again for like the third time in the last, you know, three, three or four years or however long it's been. So it's just not like an exciting matchup for them. And I just thought that Florida was going to be a lot more excited to play. Um, that being said, I did not expect it to go like it did. Um, Felipe Franks actually had a pretty good game, which is very unusual. So I don't know if he's kind of turned a corner or if it was just a kind of a good game. I know Michigan had some guys out as well. Um, they were sitting out this game, some key players, but, you know, I mean, still definitely one of those wins that makes the Big Ten look like trash, which is yeah. always fun to see. <laughs> That's the thing that kind of sucks for Florida is that Flavor Franks is only a sophomore, so he's going to play for two more years unless Emory Jones gets a starting job next year. But, you know, not to preview next year already, but I was looking at the schedule well, well in advance here for next year, and – Florida has three losable games next year with Georgia, um, LSU, and Auburn. But, I mean, I think they can win one or maybe even two of those games. And, I mean, they're going to be a good team next year. They're, yeah, they're going to – the preseason hype next year is going to be crazy after they win this game. And same thing they, with Texas, too. I know they, we're going to get to that in a minute, but – They lose a lot of players on defense, though, right, to the draft? Yeah, they lose a few guys, but I mean, I think they'll be all right. I mean, I think they saw some talent on that side of the ball. I, I don't, you know, claim to know every player on Florida's defense off the top of my head, but uh, 
you know, I, I just know that coming off that game, you know, everyone's going to hype them up going into the next season and they're going to be like preseason top 10 and people are going to be picking them to upset Georgia and win the East and stuff like that. I uh, just, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and get out in front of, you know, basically saying that's not going to happen. Dude, we should do our own Phil Steele magazine because, like, although I don't think anybody works harder than him because I think he's already got, like, half the teams done for next year, um, which is crazy. But um, the other side of the biggest surprise, JB, would be the Georgia-Texas game. Holt talks about motivation, and, uh, which is why he picked Florida over Michigan, um, which is also, I'm sure, why he picked Texas over Georgia. Um why was Georgia not motivated? Is that what we're going to say? Is Georgia, Georgia not motivated, or was Texas? Texas is are, is Texas just better than Georgia? Period. Two things: one, Georgia was not as motivated, and two, Tom Herman is outstanding in the underdog role, and that's exactly what Texas was going into this game. Nobody had was given really Texas much of a chance in this one. Georgia was seen as the far superior team, the team that should have been in the playoff, and Tom Herman used that as fuel for his team to come out and play their asses off, and they came out and completely dominated uh, Georgia from start to finish. And in my opinion, Georgia in this game is is what I was expecting from LSU against UCF. I expected uh, LSU to be how Georgia was playing. I didn't think LSU was going to be motivated, and I thought Georgia would be motivated. It was complete role reversal. Georgia came out, laid an egg. It looked similar to Alabama and Oklahoma about five years ago when Alabama lost to Auburn you know, and that deflating kick six, and then they just came in flat against Oklahoma. And then, of course, Georgia, after they lose that heartbreaker to Alabama and, you know, blowing a double-digit lead and then come and lay an egg in the Sugar Bowl, this is exactly what happened five years ago. And it, it's I know it's, it's I'm making excuses here, but thinking, like, if Georgia had showed up for this game, there's no way that Texas beats them, in my opinion. I mean, Georgia is definitely the better team on paper. They're the better team. But Texas showed up that day. Georgia did not. Texas came and executed their game plan and absolutely dominated. So I have to give them credit for that. Rough game for uh, Jake Fromm, too. He was really struggling. Missed some wide open receivers. No, no, Justin Fields to back him up, though. He didn't show up this game. Well, he was there, but. Yeah, I know. But I don't know like, how that worked out if he was telling them, just don't play me because I'm a transfer. Like, this is how this is going to work out. <laughs> I wonder if they purposely had a bad game, if Jake Fromm purposely had a bad game so that uh, he wouldn't transfer because maybe yeah. he thinks that he can win the job now. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably smarter than that. Um, probably the most exciting part of that game was the pregame scuffle between the Georgia Dog and the – Bevo. Oh, oh, yeah, Bevo? Yeah, Bevo the Steer. Yeah, did y'all see the – I forgot who tweeted it. I think it was Barrett Sally, which I think everybody hates him equally. Um Except for non-SEC fans, maybe. I don't know. But he hates SEC. I don't know why he hates SEC so much, but he does. Is there a scientific reason for that whole why he hates SEC so much? Barisali? Barisali? He doesn't hate the SEC. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't who think am I thinking? You're thinking of Danny Cannell. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I thought Barisali hates the SEC. Maybe no, Barisali is an SEC guy. Yeah. Well, anyway, he, he tweeted out that um, PETA got involved and said that the mascots should be retired permanently because they're, um, they're animals and they have feelings too and they shouldn't be put on show like this in front of everybody and put to this much work and I'd stress. expect nothing and, less from PETA. 
Yeah. You know, I bet you, I don't, I'm not for sure, but I don't think we're getting any sponsorship from PETA on SEC Slow Smoke where we talk about barbecue. I guess pigs, pigs fall under PETA too. Like you can't harm or eat pigs. Yeah. Well, pigs are supposed to be like really smart. And they yeah, they, they make like really good pets too. Like some people actually have pigs that like live with them in their house. Yeah. They're highly intelligent. Yeah. They're really, they're really smart animals and they're really like friendly and uh, make good companions. Will buy. <laughs> they're also they're um, also wonder, delicious. Yeah, I wonder if they would be like, okay, if we were like, hey, we're not gonna kill them explicitly, but when they die, we're gonna eat them. We're not gonna put them away. <laughs> not gonna like, give it a burial. Fun. We're just gonna eat it. Yeah, but we'll we'll see. I don't have any uh, fam- friends or family in the in the PETA yet right now. So um, if I did, I don't think I still would. But anyway, regardless of PETA. Uh, game scuffle. I just thought that was kind of funny. I don't know if that was staged. And maybe it was because bowl games haven't been great in this year old. Maybe that was like a thing. Although I think this was the most watched game of the bowl season. Yeah. I mean it was, you know, definitely an upset. But uh, you know, just like I said. No, you go ahead. Just like you said. I sorry, sorry, I was pulling a JB in my bad. New Year's Day, prime time, so that's what that's my logic and why this game was most watched. Although not very friendly to the Eastern time zone people. Here, starting at eight forty-five. I mean, good lord, they're trying not to guess, let us have any sleep over here. Nope. Yeah, Eastern time zone is rough. Yeah, if you're a sports fan. I am glad I'm not an Eastern time zoner. <laughs> Do you think we have our own little group chat, Eastern time zoners? I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, Eastern time zone—that's the most highly populated time zone, and it's the the most shitty one too. Compare. I mean, Eastern is either Eastern or Pacific, depending on if you're a morning or a night person. If you're a night person, Eastern time zone is fine. If you're not, it sucks. Well, that game that's in Santa Clara, California, which is basically San Francisco, and that is eight o'clock Eastern or five o'clock yeah. local time. So that's right when the sun's going so, down in on a Monday, San Francisco when that game's going to start. Like peak rush hour yeah. traffic. Basically. That's why the tickets are so cheap. Is because for a lot of reasons. Number one, Alabama and Clemson go to the championship like every year, and two, it's halfway across the country. And it's really everything around the area is really expensive, and it's just not an ideal place for a game. Exactly, southeastern teams. Yeah, and airfare is just astronomical from anywhere in the southeast, including Atlanta Hartsfield. And you're asking these fans, like the Clemson Alabama fans, to pay to go to their conference championship games less than a month ago, to go to their playoff game last week, and then the third game go to a national championship with only a week's notice in Santa Clara, California, all the way on the other side of the country with the prices they have out there, you know, with the hotel fare, the airfare, like you're asking a lot for those two fan bases and especially hosting in an area in Santa Clara where they don't even care about college football. So this was just a horrible decision by the committee to even let Santa Clara host it. I understand they're trying to put a footprint out there in that part of the country, but I mean, yeah, you don't have USC or Washington or, any or Oregon, you know, one of those programs on the West Coast representing. So, in all in all, this is just a failure on all levels. I also wouldn't put it past some Alabama fans to not have a Christmas either, like this past year or the next year. Instead, go to the game in Santa Clara. So they could they could budget it that way. Um, also, kind of funny picturing a typical Alabama fan and like San Francisco, California, just feel like they're out of place. But maybe they're not all like that. Maybe they should have figured out. But um, nonetheless, you can get uh, tickets for less than $200. You just pay $5,000 for airfare and hotel. 
So doesn't sound like a smart plan, but you can watch it on TV like the rest of us for free. Um, for free. Yeah. Actually like another thing is like if this game was in Atlanta, ticket prices for this game would probably be going around a thousand dollars just to get into the game. You know, um, I actually looked up today where all the championship games are in the future because I was curious, like why, like how does Santa Clara get picked? But um, next year's in New Orleans. I think they're going to go to Indianapolis. They're going to go to Houston, and they're going to go to Atlanta again. I think they're going to go to um, LA one year too. But uh, the next like three years, I think it should be fine for not unless, like whenever they get to LA, unless there's a like West Coast team, uh, which the Pac-12 is not doing too great right now. Um, it's going to be hard to get out there for all the fans, but um, still fun to watch on TV nonetheless. Um, other bowl games. Let's talk about this Kentucky-Penn State. Um, I don't know why you hate Kentucky so much, Holt, but they're actually <laughs> doing pretty good this year. They finished this year strong, and you don't have to hate them just because Mississippi State lost to them. Oh, low blow, sorry. Low blow. Yeah, it was definitely a really good win for Kentucky. Benny Snell breaks the record. He's now the all-time leading rusher in Kentucky history, so congrats to him. And he also tweeted out the SEC greater than Big Ten after the game, which is I'm always a fan of. So uh, props to him, props to Kentucky for getting the win. Um, it just sucks because, uh, you know, my stepdad went to Penn State and I was watching the game with him, and we were both kind of sitting there watching our teams lose. And uh, it, was, it was kind of a rough day for us. But uh, congrats, congrats to Kentucky fans. And uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Trace McSorley, too, because it is just tough as hell. And he's been through so much this year and had another injury this game. And they said he wasn't going to come back. And then he did come back and almost led him to the win. Um, they had a fourth and five with, like, four minutes left. And they decided to kick a field goal down six instead of go for it. And I think that's what I uh, lost in the game. But Prost Kentucky, great season. This is actually a pretty pretty good game. Uh, this is going on the same time as the LSU UCF game, so and the Mississippi State Iowa game too to flip back between the two other three games. But um, this might have been the best game um, because Penn State was Kentucky got a big lead. I, I don't know about a big lead, but they got a lead, and Penn State was slowly coming back. I thought for for a good bit of the game that Penn State was just going to slowly creep back in and win this game, but they they never did. But um, Kentucky, Kentucky was a good team this year. Mark Stoops, I think he got SEC coach of the year, uh, and he should have. Um, he's a good coach, and now he gets to stay at Kentucky for a while. Or he could bounce to another school. Um, I'm not sure what school he'd bounce to, but um, or he could just keep building Kentucky up. I don't know if Kentucky's going to be as good next year with losing base now, a lot of people on defense, but um, maybe they, he said a new baseline. Because yeah, I mean, I think wins. he – I don't know. The kind of season that Stoops had this year – He's, he's safe next year when they have a, a slight letdown. Like, you're not going to repeat this season for, with 9-3 and three and then winning your bowl game next year with with all that they're losing. Like, I think next year if they just get back to a bowl, that'll be a win for Mark Stoops. Yeah, they might be expecting a little I bit think, more than that. But I think mean, six or seven wins cool. right now is reasonable for next year's Kentucky team. But, I mean, with all they're losing, like, you got to temper expectations a little bit. I know that they're saying, hey, let's just let's do this again. This was fun. Yes, it was fun, but you're you can't just reload like Alabama, Georgia. Like you're gonna take a slight setback next year, but you're you got a lot to build on from this game and this season, and you're gonna be able to bring in a lot more talent into into Lexington. I mean, look at the recruiting class that Stoops is having this year too. Like he's he's brought in some good classes to Lexington, and this year is a good footprint for Mark Stoops to use for the future and saying, hey, we can win at Kentucky. Hey. 
ten and three, top fifteen Kentucky team still loses to Tennessee, right, JB? Yeah, I've always it's it's always really been it's been always a funny thing that no matter how good Kentucky is in football, no matter how bad Tennessee is in basketball, Tennessee or no, no matter how bad Tennessee is in football, no matter how good <laughs> Kentucky is in football, Tennessee always seems to be able to beat Kentucky. I don't know how, I don't know why, but it's it's kind of like Tennessee football is uh, is Kentucky football's kryptonite. Um, not a great game, but still a good win for SEC, a convincing win for SEC is the AM win over NC State on New Year's Eve. Um, this was a kind of late night game, so not well, I say late, but it was like six thirty, but it went on to like nine or ten. Um, so I didn't get to watch all of it, but plus it was a blowout. Um, but a good win. I never thought NC State was really that great this year anyway. Um, but still a good win for Texas A&M, uh, going, I think, 9-4 and four with the bowl win and going into next year with, like, what, the number two or number three ranked recruiting class. So um, high ex- expectations are going up for A&M next year, um, probably trying to get to nine wins the regular season, maybe ten wins the regular season. Yeah. Am I right, Holt? <laughs> I wasn't sure who you're asking that to. Yeah, um, me, ne- yeah but- me neither. <laughs> Maybe Dalton will jump in and say something. (laughs) But uh, anyway, yeah, Texas A&M I think is going to be up there with LSU um, to be the main contender for Alabama in the West next year. Um, I think you could maybe make an argument for Auburn as well just because, I don't know, I just always feel like they're going to win when no one expects them to. But, uh, you know, it was definitely just a big – Blowout statement win. Um, finishes for year one strong under Jimbo. And, uh, of course, Travion Williams goes absolutely nuts. He's our he's the SEC slow smoke uh, favorite. And he announced today that he's going pro. So, we wish him the luck and we're going to miss him. Going pro and other things in life? Um, no, he's going to the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the pro, Enterprise so- commercial. <laughs> oh, oh. By the way, Enterprise is probably like one of the worst places to work. Uh, I think that's yeah, it doesn't have good ratings on Glassdoor, but it's it's very good for college yeah. graduates. But that's about it. Yeah, so we might have to start getting a job at Enterprise if this podcast doesn't pay out for us. <laughs> we shall see. Um, bigger disappointing loss for South Carolina, Missouri. I mean, South Carolina just because of the way they lost. I mean, Oklahoma State's a pretty decent team, and it was a close game. But, I mean, South Carolina just absolutely did not show up for that game whatsoever. I mean, you know, Virginia had a nice season. They're not a great team at all. And, you know, after all the offense they put up against Clemson, um, I'm just really surprised that this offense just completely no-showed this game. And, uh, you know, I just don't really know what to make of uh, South Carolina going forward. JB, if you're an NFL team and you need a quarterback in the first round, you draft Drew Locke. Yeah, I would. Drew Locke to me is one of the best talents in this draft for quarterbacks. I mean, I think he's third on Mel Kiper or McShay's list. I don't know which one it was, but he's definitely to me a first round pick. I don't know if I would use a top five pick on him, but I would definitely, if I was looking for a quarterback, he would be one of the first guys I look at. I would take a pass on Drew Locke and pretty much every quarterback coming in the draft. Right, like I wouldn't use a top pick. pick on him, but 
if he's there at the end of the first round and beginning of the second round and you need a quarterback, do it. You guys don't like uh, Dwayne Haskins? I would definitely. Not as much. Wow. Okay. I like him. I do. I do. I don't. I don't like any quarterback this draft. I mean, I like Dwayne Haskins. I think he's pretty good. I just think I think you're better off. I mean, this is probably a huge risk, but like waiting till yeah. two or Trevor next, Lawrence comes next out. year's class is going to be them. the ultimate class for quarterbacks if you're needing a quarterback. Well, not Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence but, but but potentially but Tua, uh, potentially from. Yeah. KJ Justin Costello, Herbert. Justin Herbert, KJ Costello. I mean, next year's class is going to be pretty loaded. If on paper, if some yeah. of these guys come out, yeah, oh, to the come draft, out to the draft, yeah, <laughs> go pro in things other than sports. To the draft. <laughs> okay, there we go. I swear to God, that was like an NCAA commercial, like where the dude was jumping in the pool because he was a lifeguard instead of a football player. <laughs> but. Maybe maybe I'm getting mixed up. It's like it's so like it's kind of like reminds me of JB. Me and whenever we we go to um we went to D two school and it says like I chose Division two. Like hell no, we didn't <laughs> just, choose Division just Division one. Division, division one, one didn't choose us. Yeah, it just weren't good enough for Division one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even in academics, man, we couldn't get there, but we showed them. We showed them what was up. Um. Anyway, other bowl games. Uh, Vanderbilt losing to Baylor. Um, what I want to say about this Holt is that Matt Rule is a good coach, and he's actually been considered for an NFL job. So. Yeah, I do like Matt Rule um, as a coach. This is a good win for them. It was a pretty exciting game, back and forth. Um, another huge game for Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, Low-key, uh, really good player that not a lot of people talk about. And, um, you know, it sucked to see them lose, you know, finish the season with a loss, but, you know, I mean, I feel like when you're Vanderbilt, you're just happy being in a bowl game. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Damn right. They they do go they do go other things in life at Vanderbilt. Uh, besides Jay Cutler, he's doing pretty well in the NFL, or he was at one point. He, I think he's I think he's done from the NFL. But anyway, um, point I'm making is Matt rules. Am I right, Hope? <laughs> sure. That was that was your joke. I don't think that, so. That was, I'm trying to get it. I, I don't, don't ever man. remember saying that. I mean, maybe I did, but I was, I've said a lot of stuff in my life, so it's hard to keep up. I said a lot of shit in my day. <laughs> um, I think that covers about all the bowl games, unless you want to talk about Auburn beating Purdue by like 50 points or 60 points because Gus Malzahn doesn't want to lose Yeah, on a, on a uh, more Let's humble note, I do want to extend my condolences to uh, Tyler Trent and his family over the loss of Tyler Trent uh, a couple of days ago. Like, that was a great story, Purdue. And I, he was able to experience that game. And, of course, he ends up passing away a few days after that game. But I was it's very humbling that he was able to experience that game, you know, right before he passed away a few, a few days ago. And it was great to have that one final experience, even though the result on the field wasn't what he wanted. and what. But at least he got to experience the season and prayers and thoughts to go out to his family. Absolutely. it's uh, It was a great story. And – it's kind of hard for me to imagine when you're that young and you don't know when your time is coming. You just know it could come any day and you're still like living life to the fullest uh, and just going strong. Um, it's hard for me to think like that, but um, that's what he did. And it was pretty, pretty inspirational to a lot of people. So it's pretty, pretty cool story and thoughts and prayers out to Tyler Trent and the family. Um, other notes, uh, college football bowl games. I think we're done with SEC. Um Good, good bowl. I think we went what we go uh, six and five. I think in the bowl season. I think yeah, six and five. Pending uh, Alabama's, it'll be seven and five or six and six. 
However, I'm trying to go to my handy dandy stat, which I don't know, I don't have anymore. But I think Alabama actually, or not Alabama, SEC went like 50 and four, 50 and six in non conference regular season. So everybody can suck the SEC's dick when it comes to them saying like SEC's overrated. The only thing I would say is a bad look for the SEC is when people say like the bowl games don't matter when SEC loses. Like, uh, I mean, I understand what people are saying with Georgia. Didn't care. They weren't motivated, but um, still, I just think it's a bad look because it's really inconsistent because uh, if Georgia would have won, they'd be like, oh, see, we told you SEC's better than Big 12 and everybody else. So I just think it's kind of inconsistent. But other than that, I still like the SEC for the most part. Excited about the National Championship game uh, coming up a couple of days. Um, but kind of sad. It's the last football game of the year, and then we're going to have to watch NFL, which is still – Nice consolation, but no college. Football. Yeah, it also sucks that the Titans are out of it. So, yeah, third straight year going nine and seven, you get in the playoff one of those years, but not this year. And it kind of sad. Yeah, it um, really is. It is. Marietta go. It is. And um, well, pending that we probably won't have another uh, podcast until you know for a while from now. This I think like we're gonna be taking a little bit of extended break. Holt, would you like to put uh, your Super Bowl matchup and your pick in a pick? It won't be a bet. We're just going to put our matchups in our bet. And our matchups in our pick. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Cowboys over Patriots. I've got the Saints over the Chiefs. Uh, Holt, is that a serious pick for the Cowboys? Um, Actually, yeah. Um, I just think that defense and running game is what wins in the playoffs. I think that, uh, you know, what the Chargers and the um, – not the Chargers, but the, the Rams and the Chiefs have done this year has been really exciting. But I just don't think that that's uh, really playoff football the way they've been playing. I mean, you know, I could be completely wrong, um, but that's just kind of how I see it right now. I think defense and run the ball is what's going to win in the playoffs, and I don't think any team in the NFL is going to be able to play defense and run the ball better than the Cowboys. And they got Dak as their quarterback. So. How – I think it's going to be the Saints, but also think the um, I think the Eagles have a good chance of getting in as a wild card and going all the way with Foles, which is kind of crazy if he does it two years in a row. Um, but they, they are Super Bowl champions from last year, so I would be surprised if they went all the way again this year. But uh, AFC, to me, is kind of tough. You, I understand what you like, uh, Chiefs, J.B. with Mahomes, and them just scoring all the points in the world. But still, basically – to me, he's like a rookie quarterback in the playoffs, and you have Tom Brady and you have Andrew Luck. So it's just it's it hard is. to pick for the AFC. Although I will make one bold prediction. I think the Patriots don't win a playoff game this year. I think this I think this is going to be the first year that they lose their first playoff game and go winless in the playoffs. Well, they lost their first game to the Did Ravens one year, didn't they? That was like five or six I, years it's, ago. It, it's been a long time. I think that was the uh, the – AFC Championship when they lost to the Ravens. No, I'm thinking of no. It was the first round, but but it was I can't remember yeah. what it was. But well, anyway. regardless, uh, I do think that uh, this is it's, the Patriots this year just have kind of looked uh, more beatable. I mean, obviously they're not world beaters like they have been. Uh, Tom Brady maybe father time starting to catch up to him. I mean, he is 41. I mean, he's one of the all time greatest to ever play the game, and he's a goat. But I mean, you. He's losing a lot of that mobility, and it's really going to be up to that, that Patriots running game to get things going. And if they don't, then I, I 
they're probably going to end up getting ousted in the first round or the AFC Divisional to the Chargers. And that's my bold prediction. I do think the Patriots do not win a playoff game this year. We shall see. Let's do a quick national championship pick. Pick them. I'm assuming we're all picking Alabama, but let's go into detail if we're both if we're all picking Alabama. Yeah, I'm gonna say 31-17 Alabama. That was my prediction when the final four came out. Um, so I'm gonna stick with it. I think uh, it's gonna be a close game, but I think Alabama's gonna pull away at the end. And uh, 31-17 is what I got. I've got JB? 38-21 Bama. They score a touchdown in the fourth Ooh. quarter to put Clemson out of it. I'm going to say 35. Mm, no, I would say 38-34 Clemson. Nice. You know, with, you know what's crazy, though? This year reminds me of the year Clemson won the National Championship because that, to me, was almost unheard of when there was somebody picking Clemson or – when Clemson was like, you would think Clemson actually could win the game. It's just unheard of beating Alabama. Um, I think that's the same kind of mindset this year that everybody has that Alabama's unbeatable. And uh, Clemson beat them that year, and I think they could beat them again this year. Yeah. Well, that? if if Clemson wins this game, I hope you guys are ready for like Trevor Lawrence to be like the new Tim Tebow, Johnny Manziel. Like, that's all anyone on ESPN will talk about because that's exactly what's going to happen. If, if Trevor Lawrence wins this game, people are not going to stop talking about Trevor Lawrence until, like, he's out of college football and probably even a little bit after that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think I'm ready for it, though. I think I'm ready for I'm that. not. I, I, I hate – like, that's what I hate so much is, like, when there's, like, these individual players that, like, are so good that that's, like, all anyone wants to talk about. Like, it's just – it's really annoying. Well, actually, uh, the college basketball version of that right now is oh, Zion Williams. Even Williams yeah, the, but college sports, a, it, I mean, even though college I'm, sports is definitely more of a team sport, you always call it in uh, each you know level too, like a college football and college basketball. It's just annoying. I, yeah. I just I get tired of hearing like everyone talk about how athletic Zion Williams is. It's like, dude, that's like I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, it. he's he's amazing. <laughs> You say that like every game. You don't have to just sit there and like, you know, no offense, but jerk this dude off like constantly. You know, I just don't understand why you have to do that. Like we all understand he's awesome. Holt has indicated that he does, in fact, want to do rapid fire for the second to last time of the college football season. Um, So, Holt, if you do, in fact, want to do rapid fire, I would ask you that you lead this off. And I think we could do like a little uh, circle of rapid fire. We ask each one of the questions, see how this goes. Or we just not do rapid fire at all if you do not want to do rapid fire. Uh, I actually kind of like that idea. Yeah. The circle? All right, you have to say you have to say the first thing. Violate the circle of trust here. No, yeah, maybe. It's more <laughs> like a triangle at this point because we're going through. Uh, you want me uh, to go first? Go. Yeah. Uh, JB, where do you want to go on vacation? I want to go to Captiva, Florida. Oh, I've been there. I've been there. It's what nice. The it's that? close to Fort Myers, kind of. Yeah, south of Fort Myers. I've heard okay. it. Captiva Island. I've heard it's one of the best places in Florida, not named Emerald Coast. Yeah, it's really nice. I went there. <laughs> my stepdad actually pr- proposed to my mom there. Fun times. Nice. Um, JB, you have to ask, ask the question. That's how it works. Okay, Alex. This or that? 
Atlanta. Okay, I, I'm trying to think how I want to word this. <laughs> would you take? Uh, would you take uh, the lost dog in Atlanta, or the cowboy in Memphis? Oh, come lost on. dog! No way, man, man. That's a good. Alex, I'm really That's disappointed in you. That's a good question. That's a good. I like that question. Why, why would y'all? Um, I mean, cowboy was just. It, it is what it is. It's not. It's not the lost dog. Lost dog sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you like you like lost dog. Um, hold rum or whiskey. Rum, because I'm a bitch. But uh, Alex, screw Mary Kill. Uh, Lindsay Palos. Um, God, I'm trying to think of uh, Jennifer Aniston and uh, I'm trying to think who else N- JB give me someone else famous Where's that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a little offensive. don't make it too easy that's a little offensive <laughs> so you're not going to give me one uh, I'll, I'm gonna, uh, I'll, you know, I'll give you Jennifer Gardner yeah alright go uh, screw Lindsay Palos. Um, marry Jennifer Gardner. Kill Jennifer. Yeah, Lindsay. I think that's the right way to go too. Yeah. JB, when was the last time you wore a pair of shorts? Last time I wore a pair of shorts was sophomore year of high school. Follow up question: Why did you stop? I stopped wearing shorts because you roasted me saying that they were out of style. Not not quite a rest. JB, follow up question: Do you wish yours no. were still in style? I mean, I, really? I'm not going to admit. I, I will admit they were comfortable. I remember wearing them in my elementary, and middle school days, and yes, they were comfortable. But no, I I can live without them. <laughs> the real reason he stopped wearing it is because he found out that that's what Florida fans wore. Eh, I mean, think what you want, Holt. You can think what you want. Okay, hold. I have one for you. Uh, what kind of dog will you want to have one day when you have your big mansion in Destin, Florida? Um, I've always wanted a boxer. And the the only hard part is I can't think of like a good name. Like I change my mind all the time on what I what I would want its name to be. You ready for that high energy? Yeah, that's the only problem. Yeah, that's like Sadie on steroids when you talk about boxers. No, it's not. <laughs> your dog, your dog is pretty hyper. Oh no! Compared to Bo- a lot like of dogs, said, my dog calms down. Boxers have endless energy; they will not calm down. All right, uh, Alex. Man, I, I wish I, we should should uh, prepared some questions. Um, it's kind of hard. Uh, when did you stop spiking your hair up? Uh, either middle school or I, I don't think it was high school. I think it was middle school. I think it was like sixth or seventh grade. And why'd you do that? Because uh, similar to JB, I think I realized everybody else stopped doing it. <laughs> do you wish that it was installed? No, nah, I mean, it is a little <laughs> bit more work. Although I think I did look good with spike hair. I will be honest with you. Now I just like do the the wake up and put some water on my hair, make sure it's not sticking up. Which my like barber always asks me like, "What do you do to your hair in the morning?" Which I'm like, "What do you think the fuck I do? You think I like put gel in my hair?" 
I can just wake up and put some water in my hair. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's not hard. Um, Paul, what would be your least favorite, favorite job? My least uh, – I mean, anything where I'd have to be, like, in a cubicle. And, like, if especially if I had to deal with, like, uh, like some kind of customer service job or, like, people will call me when they're having problems with, like, whatever uh, – you know, whatever they're have, you know, whatever they're, my company sells or whatever. And I just had to listen to people bitch all day. And I just sit in like some small little cubicle and like wear a button down and khakis every day. Like I just, yeah, anything that has to do with that, I would hate. Yeah. I got you. Well, that's kind of like my job. But <laughs> so, yeah. Appreciate that. Well, we, um, a little funny, funny story time. We, um, one of our businesses, um, sells calendars and they were giving away calendars today in the break room and like a girl that I work with was like hey we have free coffee mugs in the uh, break room I was like yeah I know we have calendars too you should probably get a calendar she's like calendar why would I get a calendar who uses calendars Twenty. <laughs> I have an iPhone for that <laughs> yeah like that's basically what she said she's like, she's like so you have your computer there for your calendar you got your phone there for calendar and like the main like manager of the business like walked by and she's like, see, that is exactly our problem. <laughs> God dang. I was like, that was so bad time, such bad timing, but uh, <clears throat> very, very realistic. Nonetheless. Um, was it my turn? No, I think it's mine. Um... Let's, uh, let's wrap this up because it's getting a little uh, long way. All right, JB, would you rather the general public think you're a horrible person, but your family be very proud of you? Or would you rather your family think you're a horrible person and the public think you're public be very proud of you? Uh, the latter. I'd rather my uh, family be proud of me. I don't care what the public thinks of me. It's a, not a bad answer. Not a bad answer. Is that the last answer? Uh, I'll give, give one more. Uh, this will be to both of you, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, for both of you, uh, all right, we're, we're leaving a bar. It's midnight, and you're hungry. Are we going to Taco Bell, or are we going to Waffle House? It depends where we are. And it depends on a lot of factors, yeah. actually. I'm very happy with either one, but uh, yeah. I'm definitely, like, uh, eating Waffle House drunk is – I still think way better than eating Taco Bell drunk, but they're both pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably lean towards Waffle House. But, like, Taco uh, Bell just makes more sense because, like, you know, you're already going home and you just drive through and it's quicker and you don't have to tip anyone. But you also, like, I'm not driving, so it's usually, like, it's, like, kind of hard to get an Uber to Taco Bell and go back. Although that's what you're basically what you're doing for Waffle House, too. But usually Waffle House is on the way, so I don't know. Yeah. But... I, like, I would enjoy Waffle House more, but I feel like uh, Taco Bell usually is a little bit easier. Yeah. I've done some badass moves in my, my time where you go to, like, both, where you go to Chick-fil-A and uh, so, Bell, which is my news. Yeah, I was about to say, you need to tell us about your news resolution. We should have started off the show with that, actually. Yeah. Um, new Year's resolution is to not eat fast food for... I mean, it's not official, but not eat fast food for the month of January. Oh, I thought you said like all oh, 2019. It's like no, no, that's that's one. Maybe do some push-ups and crunches more, but other than that, like not too much. Go to church, do some like volunteering work. It's kind of like general, be a good person. 
So why um, why did you need like happy. a new year to decide to do something good? Like why didn't you just decide like in November that you wanted to do something good? Well, I did want to do something good in November. It's just you get busy with with uh, other things going on, traveling. I traveled like every every other weekend. Actually, every weekend in November I traveled somewhere. Dude, I'm really not looking forward to going to the gym uh, these next few weeks because it's going to be really packed. Do we have? Um, do you want to go public with your your work update, or would you like to tell us outside of the Slow Smoke Podcast forum? Um, no, there's nothing new. Okay, but hopefully, well, you're going to hear something soon. So we'll see. Okay, but well, I'll, 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 I'll when I know, I'll let you guys know. When I know you'll know. All right, cool. Um, can't wait for you to be working that cubicle next. No week. chance. Dude, if I have to go work for my mom's company in Memphis, like, I'm really going to hate myself. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Is that like a backup? Yeah, that's like, that's like my backup, backup, backup plan. You could always well, do if you don't want to work for that company, I, uh, hold, I would definitely love to work for that company. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love nothing more than work for that company. So, Miss Kim and Brad, if you're listening, uh, I'd be more than happy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they'll make a call for you. You should probably just go in and introduce yourself as whole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm whole. Go dog. <laughs> it's whatever, man. I- I'm I'm just here to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! No Taco Bell near me. Actually, there's a the Taco Chipotle- Bell two minutes away from that from Cedric. But the but the Chipotle right there closed, didn't it? Uh, yes, it did. So no Chipotle. All right. Regardless, we need to wrap this up. This is getting a little too long for everybody. Um, although I'm sure they're enjoying the last 20 minutes of this conversation. Um, but we'll see you all after the national championship, which I'm assuming are you all watching at home? Uh, I'm actually be... going to be in Memphis. Oh, y'all we will be kicking yeah. it together. We'll have some good food. Uh, Dalton will be with us too. So all three of us will be watching the game together and having some good food. We don't know That's yet. Good. We'll make sure it's Taco Bell and Waffle House. At yeah, least. I know JB really wants to go to Waffle House, so I'll probably go there. Yeah, that sounds scrumptious. Yeah, scrumptious. Um, all right, well, y'all, y'all have fun, and uh, we'll talk and recap after the Monday night game. I'm excited. Talk to y'all later.